Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's a show that's convinced that when BT Sport commentates on Liverpool games, they do so through a peephole with their trousers around their ankles. <laughs> oh, last last night was ridiculous, even by their standard last night when Salah came on. Just ridiculous. On today's show, we're looking forward to a trip to Carrow Road to take on the Canaries, who have found their wings of late. We'll also be asking, is there a generational divide among the City fan base? And is that a problem that needs addressing? To discuss all this and more, I'm delighted to be joined today by Andrew, all the way over from the US of A, and Harry, all the way over from sunny Salford. Hi, Andrew. It's been uh, it's been a while, mate. It, it has. Uh, it's been too long, Steve. I always yeah. enjoy chatting with you. Um, I guess we, we briefly chatted on the charity pod, um, but uh, but yeah, things are good. Uh, good. I'm staring at a beautiful kind of orangey pink uh, sunrise out my window, um, and it's it's finally a little warmer. It's been uh, very cold. We we got a lot of snow about um, the end of last week. Um, yeah. That's all starting to melt a little bit, so... Less pretty, but also uh, less annoying when I take the dog out. That's the compromise. That's the payoff in it with snow. It's so beautiful and yet such a pain in the backside at the same time. But yeah, we haven't had a bit of snow yet and I really want some. But there you go. Harry, how is the weather where you are? You are based in Salford, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I do live in Salford. Um, It's just the usual clouds. I don't think I've ever seen other than clouds in, in Salford. It's, it's not, it's not your, your whole when life the comes out over there. You guys worship it, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm so jealous. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, yeah, but no, I've, I mean, you mentioned Liverpool. I, I, I do anything to not watch them. I don't know how you, how you manage to watch them. I mean, there was so much sport on last night. I was very lucky that I didn't sort of turn them on. Yeah. Um, have you been watching any of the, the Winter Olympics? I mean, it's amazing me like the amount of new sports that have been in it and how clueless I am just watching them. Yeah, it's. It, I love the way that the Olympics. Like my wife's got no interest in sport apart from City uh, via me. That's it. She hates sport, and yet she was watching the ice hockey the other day. And I was mm. like, I was like, why are you watching the ice hockey? She's like, I don't know. It just came on, and I can't turn it off. And that's what it does. It lures you in, doesn't it? But in a really I think it's way. the amazement yeah, the of not knowing what's going on. Oh, the skeleton yep. bob, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand. Like, I'm a fairly adventurous human being, but the skeleton and the the dual luge, <laughs> no way. You couldn't no. pay me enough yeah. to try, even try those sports once. Well, I don't, the lying down appeals to me, I've got to admit. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I could do the training. The training, I've been in training my whole life. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, I will say I enjoy that uh, the Winter Olympics always bring around the uh, clip from, I think it's the 2004 Olympics of the, uh, the either, I, I can't remember if he's French or Russian skier who just hits one of the um, <laughs> sticks uh, at like 80 miles an hour. And uh, you hear the audible scream because it whacks him straight in his dangly bits. Brilliant. And oh. he just, just whimpers. And then the announcer uh, just plays into the pain, um, which fair play <laughs> to the announcer because I don't know how you don't comment on that happening. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all sports like that are dangerous. All winter sports are dangerous. And it's, oh, well, apart from maybe curling, which is just plain bizarre, but... That's, and even that's dangerous because they don't wear skates, do they? Because they can't ruin no. the... So they have to just wear shoes. So they're just slipping and sliding going down there. 
Crazy people. Um, okay, well, let's move on. Oh, just very quickly, though, you mentioned there about kind of, you know, what was turned on last night on the telly. Uh, I was in the pub, so I had no choice watching the Liverpool game. Fair to say Darren Fletcher was turned on. Oh, my God. Was it bad? Yeah. It was. I've, I've, I've enjoyed it a few times now, BT Sport, with Liverpool. Last night was unbelievable. Mm. It's just like Salah, put it this way, when he came on, um, Fletcher described the twinkle in his eye. Mm. Oh, I just vomited. I actually vomited in the pub. It was. Ugh. Yeah, sometimes I do sit there and just go, "That's a sackable offence." I mean, yeah. it's normally Ma- it's normally Martin Keown. I've got to admit, but yeah, yeah, true enough. But I wanted to watch the Arsenal game, but yeah, I was outvoted. Right, let's get on to uh, City Norwich, or rather Norwich City. Um, I've done a couple of previews for this for betting sides this week, and I was delighted to find that Norwich's results have improved. The stats have not. Now, I know this winds up some people out there who aren't really into stats because surely it comes down to results at the end of the day. But, Andrew, to start with yourself, sir, um, they've looked better, Norwich, but they've had six goals in the last three games. And from those three games, they've had six shots on target. That can't continue, can it? Uh, absolutely not. Um, I am not one of those people who uh, you know doesn't like stats, um, mainly because as an American, stats are just mm. like entirely uh ingrained into our sports um i mean we see in pretty much every sport and even uh we're seeing it now um the uh atletico madrid barcelona uh game i had it on um i guess was that last weekend uh and it's la liga's broadcast in the u.s by espn and they now will do when they show you the replay of goals uh, they had the XG of the uh, Alba goal, right? Like as he took the shot, like they showed you, like here was the percentage chance that he was going to make that shot at that moment right. in that position. Um, which was I'd never seen that before um, because I generally have no interest in La Liga. Um, but I was like, oh, that's a really interesting kind of like thing to do to maybe. I think that might help people understand like what XG actually is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Norwich is, uh, they're bad. Um, I don't know that they're, <laughs> I don't think they're, uh, Darby bad. Um, but they're, they're not much better. Um, they're, they're just, their underlying numbers are terrible. Yeah. You're not going to score that many goals. I get people saying like, oh, they look better because they've gotten better results, but ugh. Yeah. I mean, they've got four wins on the season. 14 losses you know it's not it's not mm. ideal four clean sheets i mean that's terrible four clean sheets and we have conceded an average of two goals per game all season long i mean that's just a mountain to climb every single game harry and also yeah here we are facing a city team who score for fun i mean mm. i can't obviously when you get to score predictions later and to predict how the game's going to play out Spoiler alert, I can't see City not scoring, surely. What about yourself? Oh, yeah, no, of course. Um, Smith sort of changed the system up slightly when he yeah. came in. Um, Norwich used to sort of pat the defence, but now they've they've gone to a, like a standard 4-4-2 uh, with, I think it's Pookie and Ida Sorry to interrupt, but I was thinking about this earlier today. Will he dare do that against City? Yeah, that, that, that's what I was going to say. I, I suppose it decides, it's if Smith decides to change that and sort of pat the defence or continue with this system. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's worked quite well for them. They, they might see this as a sort of free hit 
um, is the only thing I, I can think of and sort of stick with that and then the two pacey wingers on either side and just hope to sort of catch City on the break surely they looked at the way Brentford set up in, in midweek and just thought yeah we've, we've got absolutely no chance if we just sort of sit back uh, especially with the quality City have got going forward um, but I mean to be fair uh, to give sort of Norwich a bit more credit the, the teams in and around them they have been beating them recently and that's sort of their six point relegation yeah, six pointers yeah, um, and that's massive for them and I just thought they were miles off the pace and then all of a sudden I looked the other week and they, they were 17th and it was like whoa hang on where's that come from because I thought they were completely rock bottom um, but yeah the, the big problem under under Farka was, was scoring goals and it seems like it's sort of switched the other way now they they can score a few goals but they're, they're leaking them constantly uh, and if you're leaking constantly against City you have got massive problems yeah I, I just can't see them keeping City out um, and I'm aware, of course, of you know two years ago and losing three two, but it's just not pertinent anymore. It's just not relevant that that game. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned there about kind of surprised at how well they're doing in the league because a point off Newcastle, so a point of you know getting out of a bottom three, and mm. then you look at the other end of the table. If Arsenal win their games in hand, they're two points off Chelsea. It's just sometimes the league table just doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, and it's it's often actually United being where United are. It's like they should be mid-table, but there you go. It feels like they should be mid And that's not a dig either. Genuinely yeah. does. Um, it just feels like they're focusing on specific games, don't they? It really feels like they're the target yeah. in the games where they do feel like they can get points and sort of putting all their yeah. energy into that. And obviously Smith has proved to be a top manager at Villa. Of course, it was unfortunate the way it ended, but they have sort of focused on them relegation six-pointers and they're doing well. And if they pick up them sort of points towards the end of the season, they've got a really good chance of staying up. Yeah, I don't Steve, know going back to your that. point that uh, United or saying United should be mid table isn't a dig. It's never a dig to uh, truthfully talk yes, about. Uh, exactly. <laughs> United is a mid table club. But this has been the way now for the last kind of three or four seasons. There's times where I confidently think, you know, I haven't looked at the league table for a couple of weeks. Oh, United are seventh now or under eighth. And I look and they're fourth. It's like, what is going on? How are they fourth? And, um, yeah, it's just sometimes the league table, that, that old cliche about not lying, sometimes it feels like it tells you a porky or two. Well, to- in the case of Norwich, though, the league table does not lie because no, I just went and no. took a look. They are bottom of the league in expected goals, expected goals allowed, and expected points. Yeah, mm-hmm. but aren't they they're third from bottom now, aren't they? So yeah. they, could, they could pull out a danger. This One week. behind Newcastle, I think, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, you know... I'd- I I don't think they have a shot. Like I think they've gotten very lucky in these recent matches, and you're just not. That's not going to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, the the model that I I kind of always talk about on Twitter, which is five thirty eight's soccer power index, which essentially what they do is they rate teams on their ability if they were playing an average team in their league mm-hmm. at a neutral ground. What are the odds that they would like? what percentage of games would they win? Um, Norwich would be expected to win the least in the league, which is 56.1% of those games. And they're given an 84% chance to be relegated this season based on that. Um, that sounds about right, to be fair. I would, I would say yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how yeah, I feel then, I'm staying up. Yeah. Watford is the next kind of most likely um, to be relegated. And then, Newcastle is one percentage point um, more likely to be relegated than Burnley at 48 and 49% respectively. And then right. Everton, uh, you know, really looking great with that 24% chance to be relegated. 
Wow. One in four shot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I certainly I don't want Everton to go down. I'll, I'll go on record and say that. It's, I've got too many mates, too many family who are Everton, and I, I don't know. It's just a shared dislike of Liverpool as well. It's, um, mm. I, I, I do like their proud record, that them and Arsenal, you know, being in the top flight for so long. It, it's just. And finally, that they've really endured with some really, really shit managers in recent years as mm. well. If, if if you've had Sam Allardyce at your club in the last kind of you know ten years, you have my sympathy, basically whoever. You are. <laughs> so, um, out of interest, I, I Andrew, the... I was just going to say oh, go on the other on the other way, what's the percentage of of City at the top of winning it now? <laughs> uh, so it's been basically stable. Um since the Southampton result, but we're at 83% and Liverpool are at 17%. Nobody else has any hope of anything. Uh, City and Liverpool are both greater than 99% to qualify for the Champions League. Chelsea's at 96. And then Arsenal is the next uh, highest chance at 46. Spurs at 24. United at 18. West Ham at 10. Mm. Oh. So... Wow, mm. interesting. Yeah. Uh, you you will be glad to know that City are officially safe from uh, relegation. <laughs> uh, everybody everybody else at least has uh, a statistical uh, ability to be relegated. City's not going down <laughs> with a billion in the bank. Lovely stuff. Um, right, we'll turn our attention to City then. Um, Andrew, how much will sporting on Tuesday be a consideration as regards to Pep's lineup, do you think? I mean, it, it feels like based on how he rotated... A, a bit but not a ton for the Brentford match mm. um, I don't know the exact numbers of you know the difference between you know, Fulham and Brentford um, but there were there were some new faces and he I mean I think that the the thing that people don't really tend to get correct about City when they talk about oh City are um, unstoppable because they just have this massive squad and they constantly rotate and keep everybody fresh they don't constantly rotate you know it's not like hockey where you go for a full new lineup change. But what Pep has always done really well is that he uses a slightly larger than most teams kind of like first set of players and then just rotates amongst those so that you're constantly keeping people fresh, but you're also keeping people in form. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's no disrespect to sporting or, uh, you know, the league in Portugal, but um, City should pretty easily be able to handle uh, that match. Um, and so I think obviously Pep's not going to, you know, ignore it. Um, and I'm certain that there will be some kind of accounting for how do you want to work things out? Like maybe Kyle Walker probably plays this match because he can't play. The Champions League match, most likely, um, unless that appeal gets overturned, but I don't even think that can happen in enough no, time. Not for this, game. no, no, yeah, yeah. But I, I just, I mean, sure, it'll play a factor, but I, I would r- roughly rate the concern um, about equal that Pep should have for both of these matches. We have more than enough to handle both of them. See, I think that's how it should be considered. That's not how I believe Pep. We'll think about it. I, I think Sporting, regardless of, you know, I, I'd obviously mm-hmm. back City to win uh, against Sporting, but he's going to put all his eggs in that, that Sporting basket for me, Harry. What do you think? Um, I'm a bit 50-50 with this. They have just had a, a pretty decent break. And yeah, I think yeah. he'll want, I think he'll want a, a decent amount of rhythm. Um, I said last week he'll secretly have hated the winter break. 
because you know a lot of players will have lost a bit of rhythm. Um, they definitely looked uh, somewhat back to it on on Wednesday. Um, yeah, it's it's a strange one because I don't, I don't know what the sort of Stones experiment was on Wednesday night. Was that a Champions League in mind experiment, and would he want to sort of go with that again and give it a second go, or was that just sort of a a stopgap and Zinchenko will sort of come back in and get ready for the the game on Wednesday. It's a it's a it's a tough one to call, I think. Um, uh, especially with the line, especially with the front three as well, because you know when Mar is coming back, it's a it's a bit of a headache because I could quite easily see Grealish playing this game, but then who do you drop out of? Sterling, Mares, Foden. It's it's a tough one to pick. I think mm, I, I can't see Mares starting this weekend. I think he's very much a Champions League player in Pep's eyes, and mm. um, I could see him just kind of sitting this one out um, for Greenish. Um, Andrew is ready. Kind of players you think will play this weekend and won't play against Sporting, or kind of vice versa. Any players you think are being held back for the Champions League? <sighs> I think I think Mares for me in the forward line is probably the biggest shout. Um, I think probably in mid. I don't. I don't think anybody will get held back in midfield. I, no, I just. No. I don't. I don't see that. Um, I mean, Cancelo is just going to play every single match because um, he wants to, and that keeps him in uh, a form the likes of which I don't understand. And um, <laughs> when when we signed him, I was like, "This guy's going to be a superstar," and even I have been shocked at just how absurdly talented he is. Um, I could see maybe one, potentially one of the center backs who's going to play, maybe doesn't play this weekend. Um, The, the, the big question, I guess for me is, you know, I know Ederson played the rest of the game and seemed okay, but that collision he had um, with the kind of weird back pass. And then, you know, they kind of had a shot like, yeah, is he fully a hundred percent okay? I haven't, I just haven't seen anything on that. Um, but, but I, I don't, I don't really see that. I don't think Pep. I mean, there's a decent amount of time between. Is it Saturday, Tuesday, or is it Saturday, Wednesday? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, I mean that's a good amount of time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now, as we as it stands, it's Cole Porter and uh, Cole Porter. I was Cole Porter. <laughs> Cole Barber. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you and yes, we wrong once, and like in the early days, I said Cole Porter on the pod. That was the first time yep. I got it wrong, and now it's, it's, <laughs> he's forever going to be Cole Porter. He'd <laughs> go into Gary Neville's argument of us producing clones. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, it goes Cole Palmer, and it is Jesus who is doubts right now. Um, Jesus, if he was fit, it would be a guaranteed starter for me um, this weekend. Um, but mm-hmm. whether he, he's uh, mm-hmm. able to get fit in time, available in time, it, it looks doubtful now. It's Friday. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, Harry, are you going to dare take a stab at the lineup? What do you think against Norwich? Um, right. So, I'd, 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 I'd probably, I'd say Walker comes back in. They've got some decent pace down the wings, uh, Norwich. And if they are going to play on the counter attack, we'll probably need Walker in there. And he's not playing in, in midweek. So there's no harm in playing him at the weekend. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, the back four might actually be a tricky one. Like you said, he might want to look to rest one of the center halves that are playing. Um, and then Cancelo might be a big call as well. Do, do we sort of keep Cancelo completely fresh for sporting and bring Zinchenko in? Um, I still do think this is a massively important three points. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I'd, I'd I'd probably stick with the, the the same back four. So Walker, Diaz, Laporte, 
and Cancelo, which is, we say, probably City's first choice at the moment. Uh, and then in midfield, I, I I think Rodri will keep his place. Um, was probably one of the highlights of that absolute embarrassment at Carroll Road when they came, when they were last in the league. Um, and then uh, Kevin De Bruyne and Bernardo. And then I, I went for Sterling Mahrez to fold him front three because I just didn't see him changing it. But now you've said about Mahrez and his performances in the Champions League, I could see Mahrez actually dropping out and Grealish coming in. Hmm. Well, what about the score prediction, Andrew? What, how do you um, th- how do you think the game will play out first, and then how do you think the actual scoreline will be? Uh, I'm gonna say that City are gonna come out racing of the blocks because Pep is gonna be. I think everybody's gonna be fully focused on the Champions League returning, and I think the everybody's back in the squad and kind of you know knows that there's competition for every single place. Um, and this is kind of I think the point in the season where I mean City design their their teams their fitness program everything to be ready for the you know uh festive period when a lot of teams are falling off that's where city are its strongest and then we just kind of keep that momentum through the end and i think we're going to be uh looking pretty good so i think probably one to two uh early goals um i i think this is a three four nil i'll say that yeah one one of the one of those matches where it, it it's not i don't think we're gonna you know, just rip them to shreds. But I think we're going to score a couple quick goals and then, um, you know, City will just kind of be in control and Norwich will be in damage limitation mode to try to preserve their goal differential. Although I don't know that that really matters for them, but, you know. <laughs> I'm kind of on the same page as you. Um, I do think they might stage it, kind of have a good period, um, a 20-minute period. So, um, yeah, I'd say 2-0 to City half-time, two kind of got quick goals, as you say. Um, Norwich kind of come back into it, gives one hell of a scare, and then we get a third. So I'm going 3-1. Uh, Harry, what about yourself? How, how do you see it playing out and, and the score? City away is a bit of a weird one because we have got a better away record than, than home record this season, mm. right? Yeah. Um, but it's very bizarre because we either start, as you say, really quick out the blocks and score one or two quite early goals or we're dreadful for the first 45 minutes. There's sort of no in-between. Um, so it probably just depends on that. Um yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with with yous, to be completely honest. I nearly got that completely spot on the other week with the sort of the Fulham. Uh, I, yeah. went, I went four two and it was four one. Yeah. Um, I can't see it being an absolute slugfest this one, uh, but I could quite easily see City coming out. I'd say four one winners in the end. Okay, um, let's move on now to something what kind of happened this week and it kind of brought about. Um, some kind of interchange between the three of us really to kind of say we need to kind of discuss this because it is it's, a, it's an issue we've never really touched on properly at least on this pod um, so first of all I'll give the kind of background to it because I'm aware a lot of people listening aren't on Twitter and won't be aware of this uh, and then I'll throw it over to you guys so uh, Lewis from City Extra was doing a live stream uh, last week when the FA Cup draw was announced and City were paired up with Peterborough uh, and he said what is a Peterborough <laughs> which it's, it's a great line. I love that. What is a Peterborough? And then he said, where's Peterborough? Uh, which, God, I'm not going to ever judge someone and not know where Peterborough is. And when he when he located him in the league, he said, um, oh, these are shit boys, these are bad. Um, and then that 30-second clip was kind of shared around. Now, I get why that pissed Peterborough fans off. Of course, it, it was designed to, you know. It's, it's right and proper to piss off 
opposition fans, in my opinion. Because let's face it, Peterborough fans are going to be singing at City fans, you know, what's it like to see a crowd, where were you with your shit? We're not all friends in football. Um, so it's right that they were pissed off. Got no problem with that. But it also pissed off a lot of City fans as well. And Lewis started getting a lot of flack on Twitter. Um, I'll just chip in a little bit later on, but basically... Mm. I- Harry, what was your take on actually that that isolated incident and how it kind of how City fans responded to it? Steve, can I ask you a question? Is this the first time another person's called another team shit? Exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. It's well. Can, can I just interject quickly and say that Andrew said that Norwich were bad earlier, and he's got every right to, and he's wow. right to. And will it, will, yeah. will Andrew get loads of flack? Will he? Get oh out? God! When this podcast podcast comes out, I think first of all we have to sort of caveat this this by saying we all know Lewis personally and know that he's a lovely lad. He hundred percent did not mean anything by this. That is just his character. The um the sort of city extra YouTube page is a weird one because it, it's sort of feels sort of separate from what we do on like the website and the social media because we just give Jordan and Lewis complete free reign because they're just genius. I mean, Jordan, as we know, is a genius with a yeah with a computer and Lewis is just such a personality. I mean, if you go on that YouTube channel, everybody loves him. Like, why would we want to lose that personality? Yeah. Um, and I that, think if you, you just him- used the perfect word, Harry, for me, for like what I, what I don't think a lot of people who saw the clip who are city fans who get so upset about it, is that he's he's a personality he's not this is not a disrespect to his opinion on football or his understanding of the game at all but the thing that makes the city extra podcast and the youtube channel work is not some like deep tactical understanding of football or yeah, dry analysis historic, yeah it's it's yeah it's the personality it's the like the big and if you're going to have that and this is not me saying that you can't be offended by it, but there's going to be things that are going to kind of push on the edge a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. And you can have however you want to react to it. Completely fine. Your opinions and thoughts are valid. Everybody who's upset. But, but people shouldn't be offended. Need, Sorry about yeah, that. But, Go on. but maybe you shouldn't think that like it's DEFCON yes, 1. Yes. I mean. Yeah. And we need to you know, remove city extra from the podcasting world and say they don't represent city fans and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Go on, Harry. It's just, it's, it's just all been so unnecessary. I mean, it was such a throwaway comment, right? And I can understand what you said, Steve, about the Peterborough aspect of it. But I know I don't follow many Peterborough fans, but it feels like there's more city fans that have been more annoyed at him than yeah, Peterborough fans. I have, a, I have a quite a good fan uh, mate who's a peterborough fan from from darts and as there was at darts i started i said have you seen that and he said yeah it just made me laugh he said we are shit <laughs> he said i've said it all season like we are bad like you're 22nd in the championship it's fact you know city are top of the premier league of course lewis is going to expect city to beat peterborough in the fa cup it's i don't know i just i just think the way it's been blown out of proportion is is crazy you know it i don't know what to, to me it just comes it to. down to it so to me it just comes down to I think there's a lot of city fans who particularly that were there for the darker period of city. And I think in a good way, they want to not ever be some entitled super club. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But they also are not comfortable with how good city are now 
and the expectations we should have for ourselves. Mm. And I think that drove a lot of the like a true city fan would never say this. And it's like, okay, maybe a true city, like maybe an older city fan wouldn't say this like publicly on social media. But if at this point you don't think that when city draw a team 40 places below them in the table, Mm -hmm. that they shouldn't be able to win that game pretty much regardless of the lineup we put out by like four or five goals. You're not being honest with yourself. Yeah. And and you say you're, you're not saying in the past that when City have been in the championship, say City when City were at the top end of the championship, they've not looked at a team when they're playing at the bottom of the championship and gone, these are shit, we should be beating these. You're not saying that no every City fan, the older City fans have said that in the past. Yeah. I mean, with context is everything here. And, and what particularly annoyed me, the reason I entered the fray, as it were, the, the reason why, you know, and people were telling me on Twitter, I was reading the room wrong and all the rest of it. And, but the reason I kind of butted in was because it was Lewis. Purely and simple because it was Lewis. Because a couple of years ago, three or four years ago, two young lads got in touch with me and said, do you want to come on our podcast? We're just kind of starting out. I was like, yeah, of course I'll come on and kind of, you know, just help out and chat shit. Um, we did it at the shed, and he got absolutely slaughtered every week. Just can after can of lager talking about City. And that's mm. that's what they're about, and they haven't changed. And to yeah. somehow expect them now to be this kind of, um, you know, highfalutin' dry analysis of, of Manchester City and, and, you know, oh, we've got Peterborough. Hmm, yeah, it's a very good team. It might cause us problems on the day. That's not who Lewis is. And so there's that. And then also there was definitely double standards at play here because... The, the uniform response from City fans who had a problem with what Lewis said was, that's not what City fans do. We do not act like that. We, we don't show such arrogance. We're kind of humble as a fan base because we've been through bad times. Fair enough. I respect that 100%. But what you're all doing now is you're online bullying uh, a lad who is in his early 20s. That's not a good thing to do. That's not what a decent fan base does. So... It was a double standard there. That was why I interjected. Beyond that, I don't give a shit. I'm out of it. So <laughs> back to you, Harry. But does well, no, seriously though, because this is such um, a hoary old subject, and we've never really discussed it on the pod. But it needs discussing. I know, but it's such a hoary old subject where you can see both sides very clearly. It's my. I want to get to the big question now, which is way earlier than I expected. But I'm going to ask each of you in turn. So let's just say, let's stereotype this, that the younger fans have, you know, not only known success, of course they haven't, but predominantly they've known success. Such as yourself, Harry, you know, in your lifetime, since you've been following City and, you know, City have been brilliant. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas older fans like myself, I'm 47, so I used to go, you know, regularly in the 80s when we're shit, regularly in the 90s when we're shit. Um, And so I've kind of seen both sides of the coin. And so when City play, and if we're 2-0 up, I'll think, oh, we're going to get done here. You know, it's still in me. I can't get rid of that. Mm. Will those two different of opinion, sorry, attitudes, I should say, will it ever be emerging? Will it ever be kind of, or will this always be a problem? Is this is this to me? Yeah. Sorry, to you first, mate, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, as long as City are massively successful, it always will be a problem. Right. And I'd probably... I'd probably say it gets worse once Pep goes, depending on how the club do. 
because at the moment we've never had it so good. We've, we've won, what, 13 out of the last 14 Premier League games. We've dropped two points. I think, I think someone sent me a stat before since Halloween. We've picked up 40 out of 42 points. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's no reason to be negative at the moment so, in so terms of... Just, well, if Pep goes and if results, you know, let's say a new man comes in and we mm. finish third in the, in his first season, uh, yeah. are, you, are you saying perhaps that the younger generation who aren't used to that will say, you know, would be doom, or glo- doom and gloom, whereas the older generation will say, no, God, you think you're going to bad now, you young whippersnappers, we're at York <laughs> away, so is, is that what you mean by the problem might kind of exacerbate? Yeah, I, I want to stress that this is not a collective thing. You no, know, the, no. uh, of course, there's, there's people that have perspective. Um, yes. And there's, yeah. be, you know, there's just people online that just like to be very reactionary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there they, they probably would be a bit of a sense of that. You know, expectations have changed uh, at City. You know, it's not like the expectations back in the day of just staying in the Premier League. You know, with the money City spend, it's hard to get away from the fact that City do have to win things. And standards have been set so high from from Guardiola that, of course, they they may be and amongst the sort of I'd like to say the more well respected fans, they they would understand that going from Pep to anyone else, like we've seen sort of across the town with Ferguson to whoever else, is 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 virtually impossible for anyone who's who's taking charge. So I I, I hope that they would give him a bit of slack, but. What gets clicks on social media mm, is yeah. is reactionary takes. Yeah. You know what I mean? As soon as someone makes a bad pass, you, people are on the backs. I mean, you only have to look at what's happened to Grealish so far this season. And I think all three of us on this podcast can probably agree that he's had a, a pretty decent start. You know, he's not set the world alight. Yeah. Um, but he, he's been solid. Uh, but, you know, if, if you look on Twitter every day, and that's why I tend to not look at it, you'd think he'd been absolutely abysmal and it's been a complete and utter waste of money. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's all to do with takes. And if you, you know, if you tweet how incredible city were the other day and there was, I saw, just saw some in, in the MEN about like a 34 pass move that was just incredible. That's not going to get as much clicks as saying, well, Jack Grealish missed a, uh, Raheem Sterling missed an easy chance. If you're going to look at the, the other game yesterday, that'll get more clicks. And hmm. it's just, it's just, a, yeah, it's, it's sad. And you know, as if city, and I mean, a good example is, is looking at United, you know, if United are doing well. There's not going to be as as much reaction as to when United are, are doing bad, especially amongst their fan base. And you've seen the rise of these sort of fan channels because United have been doing bad, and the clips that are circulating are not Matt Goldbridge celebrating United in a three 0 win. It's Matt Goldbridge getting pissed off because they've lost on penalties yeah. to Middlesbrough. You know what I mean? It, it's hard to be a United fan base because they've got it in you know in reverse towards really, haven't they? Yeah, you know, yeah. their their older fans will be the entitled ones. Uh, the younger fans will be the what kind of doom and gloom kind of types, as it were. Um, Andrew, judging from your Twitter interactions when this kind of happened at the start of last week, uh, I think I'm on fairly safe ground to say that you, you know you had some sympathy for Lewis and you didn't really agree with any of the flack that he got. What about the the attitudes, the stereotypical attitudes of the older City fan? Where do you, uh, where do you sympathise with them? Where do you think they've got it right? Where do you think they've been I say hard done by is a bit of an exaggeration, but when you when you see the gripes from the older city fans towards the younger city fans, where do you think? Yeah, I suppose you've got a point there. I mean, so my th- kind of stance on that situation is, I think that the their opinion in this instance is misplaced. I, I think older city fans absolutely have a a right to be kind of concerned about the the future of kind of the the club and the fandom because 
I think for a lot of them, what they grew up, I mean, just the direction of sport and the club in general is so different than when many of them first became city fans, right? Um, You know, ticket prices um, have changed so much and it's much harder for kids to just go to, you know, matches for just cheap at the last minute because that's just, you know, tickets are more expensive, not just for city, but for all um, clubs and the European Super League and all these things. And so I completely understand that I think a lot of city fans have this sense of a loss a little bit of what the club meant to them growing Mm. up. And so the one thing that they absolutely, I think, believe they have control over is what it means to be a city fan. Um, But there, it's just a simple fact that success of the type that city has had since 2011 is going to change expectations and the, the outlook for many fans who aren't necessarily shaped by the same kind of, you know, incident. And the, the thing I think the most of is there's this very famous kid in the United States who um, lives in Boston, who was born in 2002, um, who in his lifetime, New England's or so New England, Boston area. So the teams for his city have won 11 championships. Hmm. across all sports. And so he always is at these parades holding up like a sign of like, you know, for whatever the next one is, like 12 championships um, since 2002 or whatever. And, you know, fans of those teams, particularly the New England Patriots and the NFL, like get a lot of flack for kind of being a little bit um, kind of what, I mean, what Lewis was getting flack for, right? Like entitled or arrogant or, whatever word you want to term for it. Uh, and the, the thing that I kind of, I think about of when I watch some of this is I often see a lot of people upset that um, other fans don't like us. Like a lot of the concerns were, well, what will other fans, you know, this is what people are going to think city fans are. And yes. my reaction yeah. always was like, one, who decides what's representative of city fans. And even if you say other fans get to do that, why do you care what other fans think of you? Um, and I, I think to me, my, my larger kind of issue and thought on this is that as much as people maybe don't want to hear this, um, city are now the United of the nineties and two early two thousands. We are the dominant player. We are the big club. We are the team that as fans should expect we, we shouldn't think we're entitled to win the Premier League every season. But with the manager, the players, and the resources our club has, we should be expecting and holding our club accountable if they don't live up to the expectations that we should be competing for every single trophy. And I think a lot of fans have a hard time kind of coming to grips and understanding how to deal with that. Um, like for me, I do not give one flying I'll leave the word out there. Um, what other fans or the media think of like city? Like I, I embrace the hatred. Like I, I'll be, if you want us to be the baddies, we'll be the baddies. If you want, you know, Oh, city are ruining the league. No one can compete. Fine. Okay. We'll, we'll buy Erling Holland this summer for 150 million pounds, you know, pay him 500 K a week and, you know, pep resigns and we'll walk the league for five years. Um, 
if that if that's what you want to have happen, okay, fine, we'll lean into that. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily true, but like, I just really don't care what other fans think. Yeah. Hmm. What, about, what about you, Harry? Do you care what other fans think? And and kind of extended upon that, what do you think that kind of see the way I see it is the younger fans of other clubs will view City in a much different way to the older fans of rival clubs, to, you know, if that makes sense. So yeah. in that regard, if a young City fan says, we're going to win the treble next year, for example, then, you know, an older United fan won't really respond much to that. He'll think, well, that's a young fan talking. He won't think that's yeah. a young City fan. He'll think that's a young fan. Because basically, yep. you know, the younger generations are more... Confident. It's just that's, that's how life is. But but anyway, going back to my my original question, do do you care about kind of rival fans and what they think of City? Yeah, I think you you have both kind of covered what I feel anyway. Um, but I'd probably go as far as saying that you can extend that to sort of match going fans, and they sort of have a completely different outlook themselves to 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 other fans. I mean, yeah. uh, and of course, for the ninety minutes, they they're sort of against each other, but. You know, I have good friends who are United fans, good friends who are Liverpool fans that go to the game. And I wouldn't like to say that I don't care what rival fans think. I don't care what rival fans think from football Twitter accounts, but people Mm. that I call friends and that I respect, I do care what they think because that creates intelligent discussion. Yeah, And you can normally tell within the first couple of minutes of an exchange that you guys are going to have a really intelligent conversation or you're just going to have a completely stupid conversation. And that's when you just sort of step away from it. Um, and that is unfortunately 99% of the time on Twitter. It's, it's the, it's the latter. Well, um, Harry, I think that's the important, like the important point here. And I think what a lot of people are missing is it, it almost seemed like people were worried what someone was going to think of them as an individual yeah, because yeah. of this clip. And to, to your point, I have friends that support every club um, pretty much in the Premier League. I even have a, fr- a, a friend here in the United States who's a massive Brighton fan. I have great intelligent conversations with them about sport. I respect their opinion. But that doesn't like to me, I think the issue is you should not care what people think of City fans generally. Mm. You should not care like what some amorphous idea of other fans thinks of you. But that does not mean that you can't like value the opinion of, you know, fan people, you know, personally of what they think of you or the team or like valuing that opinion. Um, but ultimately, I just think the issue is, is that individual opinions are absolutely valid and, you know, should be approached that way. But Twitter aggregates opinions and thoughts, and then it just becomes an echo chamber or a pile on or whatever. Um, and sometimes that's absolutely valid. Like, the echo chamber or the broad consensus about something like Kurt Zuma should be that something has to be done. And, you know, the power of kind of the mass to do something there, or as I saw Joe uh, Butterfield tweet that uh, Peterborough are a shit club because they're the ticket prices they're charging for this upcoming match. Mm. That's going to price out the average fan. Absolutely. That's the time to pile on and, you know, kind of, hold um, a club or a group of people accountable or an individual accountable. But when someone says something that like legitimately, I think every single person who was tweeting in anger had said about some other club, like I've seen way worse things said about United, Liverpool, whatever. And those clubs are, yeah. And, and 
those clubs are far better at the sport. So if it's disrespectful to uh, say that a club that's about to get relegated from the championship that hasn't been relevant to the conversation of like good clubs in this sport since I was born, how is that not more disrespectful to call, you know, teams with the, the pedigree and the history of success? A no, shit club? You know, it's patronizing, isn't it? It's not, it's not regarding people yeah. United as a kind of, um, you know, worthwhile football club because, you know, deep down, it's a horrible thing to admit, of course, but it's true for all of us. There is inherent respect for Liverpool or for Manchester United as regards to them being, you know, uh, a successful football club over the years. So you can say, oh, United is shit right now. And no one can say, oh, you've been disrespectful there to United. Mm. Whereas you can't say that about Peterborough. So what they're saying, if, if you, you know, if the people who are saying you can't say that about Peterborough and that you've been disrespectful is they're kind of taking away, you know, Peterborough's kind of standing as a football club. It's like, yeah, yeah exactly. I can call them shit just as I call any other football club. I'm giving them the respect of being a football club, being a rival, a team, by the way, who could easily beat us in the FA Cup coming up. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying right now, before we've played them, they're shit, and it'll be a huge mm. upset should they beat us. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just very quickly, Simon, but one thing I wanted to say was just feeding into what you said there, Andrew, that's exactly what I put on on Twitter as well, is that when I come to do the preview of Peterborough, the Peterborough game, I'll be talking about their leading goal scorer and the threat that they pose, etc. Yeah. But I'll also be thinking, you know, we should we should stuff these. So mm-hmm. that's all Lewis said. Um, sorry, Harry, after you, mate. No, I, I, you've literally just said what I was about to say. He's not like he's slandered an entire fan base. He's just pulled up a fact that they're 22nd in the championship and gone, these are shit. Because like, they are, because they're 22nd yeah. in the championship. Yeah. yeah. It felt like people were saying what he said was like, supporters of Peterborough FC are, you know, yeah. dickheads who, you know, uh, kick puppies. Yeah. He just said the club, like he didn't even, he said the team. Like he didn't say any, there was no value statement about the club as like an entity or their history. Like, it was literally, oh, they're 22nd in the championship. They're terrible. Yeah. It, it's, it really kind of brought it home to me that there is this divide between the older fans and new fans. And, and the, there's definitely different attitudes, but it's hard to distinguish really between kind of is how much of that is a city thing and how much of that is purely a football thing, which will go yeah. on across all the fan bases that older fans will think different to younger fans. It, maybe yeah. it's more pronounced in our case because. You know, we were shit, and now we're, we're brilliant. So, yeah, Mate, there's still people at the Etihad that are scared weird... of Edison. <laughs> What's that about Edison? <laughs> there's, there's still people who are getting nervous at the oh, Etihad of, of Edison playing yeah, yeah, out yeah. the ball from the back. Of course, yeah. And and I was going to say, I mean, I think also, I mean, I I feel like I have a weird perspective as someone who I you know I could I'm never going to be a match going fan unless something dramatically changes in my life. Um, and you know, I I have a bit of an I guess outsiders perspective perspective to to a lot of it but i just you know it, it just is wild to me that anyone would seem to care that much what um is thought of an entire fan base um because of one quick little clip and like people being like oh this is you know our, our own mark goldbridge or this is AFTV," mm-hmm. and i was like it's not that at all and also mm-hmm. even if it was why would you care like i don't know a single arsenal fan who feels like their own personal opinion um is affected by what AFTV does you know 
Yeah. I think that's the point in it. It's not it's not forced with Lewis. It's not forced. That's his natural character. That's his natural reaction to drawing Peterborough in the cup. Yeah. 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 Um okay guys, let's leave it there because uh you've got a press to go to uh Harry. So Oh yes. Yes. Um Andrew, it's really good to chat to you, mate, and we should do this again very soon. Um thank you very much for joining me today. Absolutely, sir. Cheers. Harry, as always, mate, thank you very much. Yeah, nice to speak to you both. Uh, thanks everyone for listening in of course uh, that's a wrap for today folks we're off to try and figure out where Richard Keyes gets the nerve to call anybody a cheat in the meantime take care of yourselves be well and forever up the blues <laughs>